0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Georgia, Alabama Sports Live. I'm Kurt Behringer, alongside my esteemed uh, host, Mr. Richard Holdridge, and we got a good one for you as I know our normal time is Tuesday nights and we sometimes do Sundays. We didn't do that this week because Richard is actually in Disney World with his family. We'll talk about that trip here in just a moment, but we had a lot going on here in this uh, week of Georgia-Alabama Sports Live and in the Tri-City area. So we're going to get to a lot. To, we got a lot to cover. We're going to touch on the James Harden trade in the NBA, um, NFL, Falcons, Hall, of course, Auburn, Georgia, and Alabama. And then uh, we got, at the end, um, you know, not the – excuse me, at the beginning, high school football we're going to touch on from last week, our high school showcase this week. So a lot to talk about. Richard Howard. Drift, you? I'm doing
1: great. Um, I'm just – excited with everything that's going on in the world of sports and uh, we get to do a show and uh, this is really what it's all about is george alabama sports live just continues grinding and we just got a lot of sports to cover
0: yeah we do and by the way we made the announcement on monday that we are now the home for cbcc men's and women's basketball games we're excited to be able to do that um i actually called last night's game with Robert Edmond and CBCC men's got a huge home opener win with Coach Douglas Bird, a longtime coach at South Florida Tech, won championships there. Also, coach at Eastern Florida the previous two seasons. Now he's at CBCC, and he's a guy that I believe in. He's got a talented roster, and I'm excited to see CBCC at the rest of the season. We have our girls' game. Richard, you'll be on the call for that all against Albany Tech on Friday. At 530. And then, of course, we got our high school football showcase. But we made the announcement. Thank you to Ben Hicks. Thank you to Champ Foster. Thank you to everyone, the dean that I met, uh, the IT guy, Warner. Everyone believing in us. We're going to have a fantastic year as we continue to grow this thing. And uh, we're excited uh, to see what's going to happen for the rest of this season. Uh, But the CBCC boys team got off to a huge win as they head to now 1-0 in the season. And uh, we can't wait to see how the rest of the, the, the schedule pl- plays out for them. But let's go ahead and get into it. we got a lot to get into, so I don't want to spend too much time uh, talking and, and blabbering on. Let's start with some of the games that happened this past week. Uh, Richard, you just put up a graphic, and we'll start talking. First up, Northside upsets McIntosh. And I called this when we did our game day. I said, I think McIntosh is a bit overrated. I think Northside has had a couple of games, including against Northgate. They could have won and been the two seed. Seven to three win. They did this without Kaden Clay, by the way. Their starting quarterback was out. He may be out this week. Um excuse me, that was their last game. So hopefully he'll be healthy um, as they come into the playoffs. But six and four in the season finishes a three seed. Um, I said seven and three, eight and two. A little bit down from what I predicted, but they got a young roster. They'll be even better next year. But good job. By Coach O, sustaining success like you like talked about in media days, and now Northside six and four head into the playoffs as a three seed
1: Thrift. I don't know if you went back and watched our uh, rebroadcast of High School Game Day, which, by the way, did a phenomenal job live at uh, the Campus Academy for Fall Festival.
0: Which was a live and the Fall Festival turned out truly
1: very- was. Uh, I actually said this game was going to be a shootout. Boy, was I far from it. This was a defensive battle. Northside's defense had four interceptions, and really their defense put the clamps on McIntosh. And really, these two teams, they're known for scoring a lot of points. And Northside was able to get the big victory. And Harris County's excited. I mean, their first region title. And uh, Northside, they already know who their opponent is going into the playoffs because they've already wrapped up the number three seed I was looking ahead of the schedule like pretty much they know what region they are going to play so if they've already locked the number three seed and they know who their opponent is they're going to have their opponent and and according to Max Preps you got Northside the number three seed they are going to be on the road on Friday the November the 10th taking on Jones County so that they already know their opponent in the first round of the playoffs and it's going to be on the road.
0: And, and and we're going to see there's quite a few teams are going to learn their seeding as we get ready for playoffs, which we're excited about. But big-time win for Coach O, and they're doing this without their starting quarterback, relied on defense in 1-7-3. McIntosh plays Harris County this week. And McIntosh, even if they beat Harris County, is still going to be the four seed. The seedings are pretty much solidified here in this region, and that will be our showcase. We'll talk about that in a moment. But next – We'll go ahead and put up on there as Westover takes care of business against Shaw. So now Shaw is going to be the fourth seed. Uh, Westover, it was a close game in that first half. We were talking about it on Bloomwood versus Chambers, which we'll do next. Uh, but Westover, they Shaw just doesn't have the talent there. Westover goes 5-5. Five and five. Shaw, somebody to play house 4-6 and something to build off of if you are Johnny Gardner and his staff.
1: Truly, Shaw is in their first year with head coach Johnny Garner. You know, they do have some good pieces. Coach Garner is trying to build up that program to get them back to where they were known for going to the state title game, winning the state title game, making a deep run in the playoffs in the early 2000s. And, you know, Coach Garner is the right coach to get to where they need to be. But it's going to take some time. Like everything, a rebuilding, I mean, that's really what it's all about if you want to get Shaw back to Shaw U. And they're still going to make the playoffs, you know, not a bad season, four and six. They can improve on that and just continue building off that success.
0: Yeah, and we're excited to see where this, this team's heading for their future. Moving on from that, we're going to go ahead and talk about Glenwood and Chambers. The game that we were at, it was number one Glenwood against number four Chambers in the ASWA, the Alabama Sports Writer Association, poll. By the way, I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. They came up with their weekly poll this week. We'll save that for just a moment. But we had Chambers as a top-ten team. Now, put the graphic up. I was talking more about um my comments towards the new poll this week for the Alabama Sportswriters Association. The Chambers won a great game. It was probably, when it comes to down to the wire, it's the closest game we've had since Harris County Russell County. Chambers wins 20-14. to 14. Glenn lose in heartbreaking fashion. A couple things happened. was very poorly officiated. I don't like going after officials, but I am a realist, and I will keep it real in the broadcast. It was pretty bad. It, made, it missed a call with Camden White scoring a touchdown. Obviously, if you looked at the replay, wasn't even close to out of bounds. Um, there are a lot of clipping and below the knee illegal hits that cost Samaje Williams and Lamont Burton chances to stay in the game, and hopefully they're not hurt for too long. Um, that should have been called, and that's got to be taken out of the game, obviously. And I just was very disappointed. Um, to see that it came down a few calls and here there for the officials. But, beside the fact, Coach Allen and Chambers, excellent job um, as they had a good game plan. I thought that was one of the best offensive uh, game plans we've seen from a team that doesn't have near the depth that Glenwood does, and they did a great job. And their quarterback, Luke Tarver, was excellent in the backfield and in the secondary. He has to play both ways, And they got the upset. Glenwood did get a break. Chambers, it was at their one-yard line with about three minutes to go. If they score. They go up by uh, two touchdowns and put it away with three touchdowns. Ball goes over their head. Glenwood gets it back. They score. And then, actually, you no, know, the ball goes over their head, and they go all the way down to the one-yard line. Bad snap on Glenwood's part. Goes over his head. Now it's first and goal, from the second and goal from the 13 instead of first and goal from the one. And they just couldn't capitalize. Crow gets stopped maybe a half a yard, less than that, from a first down. And Chambers gets the upset. And now this is where I'm going to go off. The Alabama Sports Rider Association, after that game, which Glenwood lost by six, they lost a turnover battle. I mean, if these two teams play on a neutral field, Glenwood probably wins eight or nine out of the ten times. But because a lot of these sports writers don't really keep up with probably AISA football, they have now put Glenwood fourth. Number one is Lounge Academy, a one A school, undefeated. You look at their schedule, it's not great. Number two is Chambers. I really don't even have a problem with that, neither one of those, if that's what you want to do. This is where I get an issue. Lee Scott's number three, Glenwood's number four. Now that makes no sense considering the fact they played each other and Glenwood won by 14 points. By the way, Chambers lost to Lee Scott at Lee Scott. If it was at Chambers, Lee Scott could have two losses. How is that even possible? Glenwood's number four. So if you don't like their rankings, it's okay because we have all ratings. I mean, uh, Richard, do you have a graphic? We don't have to put it up yet. I'm just asking, do you got a graphic? Because if so, we're going to throw that up there here in just a moment our top 10 team. But don't throw it up there yet, Richard. I want you to give your comments on the game. Glenwood loses to a good Chambers team. that I expect to win the 2A championship. But I still would say Glenwood is the better team but would not rank Chambers ahead of them. Um, But there's my spiel. The ASWA should not be ranking stuff that they have no idea what they're covering. And obviously they don't cover AISA. That's why they have Glenwood below. Scott.
1: They're clearly not watching the games from start to finish glenwood was absolutely dominant all the way until this chambers game which by the way they had three turnovers and they lost the game by six points chambers they had that hot start they went up by 14 dallas crow had a couple of picks i mean it was just uncharacteristic of dallas crow but yet they still had a chance to win it right at the end he threw an incredible throw right into the breadbasket of Camden White,
0: all right? They're taking a beating all game. Richard and yet Silver to make those throws. Camden White came up huge, um, but just a heartbreaking loss.
1: It's absolutely heartbreaking. It it really was. And um, to be honest, you thrift. Yeah. Look, I I look at this game and I think yes, you know it is possible. That you know, Glenwood still has everything in front of them. They're not going to face Chambers.
0: But I, I agree with what you're saying.
1: I do think that these two teams are championship caliber teams. And by the way, we did witness one of the best games all year that was broadcasted on George Alabama yeah. Sports Live. It, it was it was great from start yeah. to finish. I mean, not the not the officiating and stuff, but just the the play on the field from both teams.
0: Right. Well, and that, too, but Glenwood, obviously, now we're losing this game. This is Coach Nelson's message, and we'll talk to him next week for their coaches' show, but they obviously know that they can lose. They are beatable. At least God is good, and they got to take care of business next week in their playoff game on the 9th. That's a Thursday. We'll be there for that, and then they win. They'll play in the championship on the 16th. All right, let's move on. Let's hit on some of these games Quickly before we can pull up our our, our ratings poll graphic, um, Kendrick lost to Rutland. Kendrick's got a big one against Jordan. They're trying to get to win number three on the season, which would be an improvement from last year. Actually, it would be win number four, right? They're three and six, so that'll be win number four on the season, which would be a major improvement. Well, they've
1: they've only won two. They they beat Heritage and they okay. beat Central.
0: Yeah. I stand corrected. It would be win number three, which is a two-game improvement, but they lost to Rutland, who was not a great team, 41-14. Um, there's a couple others. <coughs> Brooks Home beat Strong Rock, and they're starting to get on that hot streak. Remember last year, losing in the Final Four? Big win against Strong Rock at home. They go to now 5-4, and four, and if they win next this week against Heritage, by the way, they may even play Heritage because – River Heritage had a forfeit against Pacelli last week or two weeks ago. So Pacelli does play Westfield this Friday. But Brookstone, big win over Strong Rock. Yeah,
1: absolute great win by the Brookstone Cougars. They're starting to utilize Lane Cannon. He's really a a good running back. He really has. I mean, Lane Cannon is really, uh, you know, he's actually – been that bell cow running back that dimitri flowers was last year and so brookstone utilizing right. him and you know that rance gillespie coach there is really coaching up the quarterbacks well and brooks roney he's really done a great job filling in you know taking over as the starting quarterback for the brookstone cougars and we, we all know who the starting quarterback was last year obviously is andrew alford playing at central but brookstone now is the second seed in the region Pacelli is number one brookstone gets the number two seed with this win over strong rock and and that's settling up for a matchup where brookstone will be able to get a playoff game and possibly we could see another rematch in the semifinals between brookstone and Picelli. Yeah,
0: and i can't wait to be able to see that but Brookstone's got a big one against Westfield, a team that is uh five and four decent season this year um Couple other games happen around the area. Uh, Richard, throw them up there real quickly as we updating scores throughout uh, the year. I mean, throughout the, the night, uh, Chambers and Glenwood. Hardaway uh, got blown out by Bainbridge, 42 to nothing. Um, so it wasn't well, that wasn't really a close game. Columbus gets beat pretty handily, 58 to eight. By the way, um, so. Their seasons basically have now come to an end. And Carver won a big one on the road to go to seven and three. They took care of Daughtery thirty to nothing. So Carver now seven and three. Winners of five straight. And the Spencer Greenwaves, who had a big win at home on Thursday against Central Macon, forty three to nothing. They are one one away from matching last year's win total at eight, and they have already clinched the region championship. North East be Bacon beat them, the number two team in the state. Incredible. Top 10 team that may be able to make a hot run. They'll get the first two games at home, and I think they learned from last year. That was the first time they made the playoffs in a long time. So they lost in the first round. But this year, with that experience from last year, Coach Kegler, I think this is the year where they make at least the quarterfinals, maybe farther. So congratulations to Spencer. Alright, Richard, let's go ahead and throw up our high school showcase of where we're gonna be this Friday. Get something from the mug of power. Is that is that, that your thrift? Is
1: that your chalice of supremacy?
0: I was trying to you know I think yeah, I was trying to be like Josh <laughs> right there, Josh. Payton.
1: By the way, I, I want to say I hope he feels better. He has not had a late kick show the last couple because he's, he's had food poisoning, he's lost his voice and I just, I wish him nothing but the best and I hope he feels better.
0: Yeah, me too. High school football, Friday showcase. McIntosh who's 6-3. and three, Two of their losses are to Northgate and Northside. They are the four seed. Um, and this is for Ayrs County Senior Night. They want to go out with a bang. They're eight and one. They want to finish the season undefeated at home. And they really the game is meaningless. Even if they do lose, they're still a higher seed as a number one seed. They're going to host two playoff games. But if they do win, they buy for maybe hosting three playoff games if they go nine and one. We'll be there. High school game day. Myself and Rick Beach will be on the call, like I said, Richard will be at CBCC calling the girls game against albany tech so cannot wait to be there for that one richard this is mainly a celebration for what has been a fantastic season for high school football in harris county and i can't wait to be on the call for their senior night against mcintosh you can find it on the gas live broadcast page and our youtube channel also love like us on facebook georgia alabama sports live as we are excited to be there for this one game day at six Kickoff at seven thirty on Georgia Alabama Sports Live.
1: I got to tell you, I mean that is just a great game that that's going to be. Harris County has already wrapped up the region, but they're going to go out in you know senior night. You know they're going to play tough and if they want to have a special season, have one of their best records in years, go nine and one, all the momentum going into the playoffs, getting to host at least two playoff games, might even be three with the GHSA coin flip. I mean, we could possibly see a Harris County home game uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, there's a possibility that – Day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, Harris County could be hosting a quarterfinal matchup. and And we wish the Harris County Tigers nothing but the best. And I know that you and Rick Beach are going to do an awesome job closing out the regular season on George Alabama Sports Live.
0: It'll be our last regular season game for this year. We were going to do Auburn Station, we had to switch it up because of having to now broadcast the CBCC girls game at five thirty. So we got basketball and football for you on friday then on sunday we have the high school basketball media day cannot wait for that 16 high schools around the area will be there for it you'll be able to start see it at 2 p.m on the Florida alabama sports live facebook page and youtube channel it is going to be a lot of fun being there richard and just talking to all these coaches the girls and boys programs from 16 different schools eight miscoe county public schools um then we got the you know, Pacelli, Calvary, Brookstone, Glenwood, then Central, some station, Russell County, also in the mix. Um, and I think Harris County as well. So that that pretty much should be close to the 16. So can't wait to do it. And you can find the action at 2 p.m. on Georgia Alabama Sports Live. Richard, let's go ahead and throw up the graphic of our poll. And if you don't got it, don't worry about it. We can just – Kind of say what our rankings are, um, and we'll have our final rankings released on Sunday. Me and Richard will work on that after Friday's games and see what's going to happen. But Richard, if you don't got it, don't worry about it. We could really just save the rankings um, for Sunday. By the way, on Tuesday—excuse me, not on Tuesday. On Friday, if Calvary wins against Skipstone, they'll be region champs. That—that they'll that, be team number seven. Wow! In our area of this region champs, and that, they'll get to host not one, but two playoff games, and potentially be able to host the state championship. So we're going to be cheering for Coach Brunson. Either way, they're going to host at least one playoff game. So next week we're going to have Glenwood's on Thursday, and as of now we think Calvary's will be on Friday. So we're going to be having two playoff games next week for you, Glenwood and Calvary. And we may even have Harris County here in the next few weeks if they make the deep playoff run. Of course, you've got Carver and Spencer host a playoff game. Northside's going to be on the road. Central's about to start hosting playoff games as their playoffs start next week. Central are going to be 10-0. and It's all something. They're going to be ranked top 10. They're top 20 nationally, Richard. That's how good this Central team is. So. Um, excited and Richard, I'm assuming you don't have the graphic. Well, I actually,
1: I actually do. I've been sitting here trying to convert it to a PDF for the past five minutes, <laughs> and uh, but apparently, the the program that we use, Streamyard, does not support JPEG. <laughs> so I do have the graphic though, and uh, we pretty much know okay. who the who the number one team is, obviously. Okay. That all would right, be.
0: Well, how about this? Until you can get it, we'll we'll save it. We'll oh yeah. The show. Um. So let's go ahead and get into college football. Out was able to go and cover for Sports Visions. Auburn against Mississippi State. It was Hugh Freeze's first win in the SEC as the Auburn head football coach. And Auburn started with the bang. Peyton Thorne was efficient. Was hitting deep passes. He had, had a couple highlights you can see on Georgia Alabama Sports Live page my page at Sports Visions of the touchdown passes to Mr. Hooks, also a touchdown pass um, to the Jar- Jarquez Hunter out of the backfield. It was a great job by Hugh. Got off to a hot start. They were up 24-3 at halftime, ended up winning 27-13. to The defense did enough to hold on the offense. Got off to a hot start um, and just a great job. Uh, by Auburn getting a big win, and now we got Vanderbilt this week, Arkansas, the Mexico State. All of those are winnable games if they win on oh, yeah. three, seven and four, you lose. Finish seven and five. I think that's a win. By what we've seen and this four-game losing streak, and obviously the talent disparity with some of the top teams. finishing seven and five, three and five in the SEC. That's an improvement, and that's something Hugh Freeze can build on. Um, so, but they got to win this week against Vanderbilt, the big win for Hugh Freeze, Richard. Oh,
1: huge win and who would have thought? I mean, Peyton Thorne looked like a, that he was being utilized properly as a quarterback. This was a win they had to get and I think that Auburn yeah. Is going to beat Vanderbilt on the road. They're going to beat. I know that they. Th- these are winnable games. That they could beat Vanderbilt. They could beat Arkansas. They could beat New Mexico State. Go into the Iron Bowl seven and four. And you know, th- this team is just going to continue to get better. We know how crazy that it could get on the plains with Alabama and Auburn. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. And you know, seven and five is not a bad season for Auburn.
0: Yeah, it's not. And I think it's an improvement from what Harson left and bare in the cupboard um, for Hugh Freeze. The Georgia Bulldogs mollywhopped Florida, Georgia. Raj, I mean, um, Mr. Beck has been great. Um, they're on pace to maybe score more points than last year's team. They've already had their averaging 41 a game. They, they didn't like they missed a beat without Brock Bowers, and they just took Florida, who got went up 7-0. I was like, man, this may be a close game, did not score another point. Until the end, forty-three to twenty, the final. That Carson Beck, that offense, Mike Bobo dialing up all the right calls, and defensively, Georgia's is going to always be a juggernaut. The ball discovery smarts there. So Georgia is a few wins away. They got a big one this weekend. I'll be covering. it. Uh, they take on Missouri. Yeah, that's right. And I this is for the SEC East Championship because I think Missouri does play Tennessee next week. They beat Kentucky. They're seven and one. If Georgia beats them, it, it's it's over with because Georgia's not going to lose two more two games. I don't think they're going to lose at Tennessee. Tennessee's already got two losses. So this is for the SCE Championship. Missouri and Georgia. Um, and then Georgia does play Ole Miss next week, and Ole Miss beats A&M this week. They'll be a top-10 team maybe. They're a lumber 11 in the college football playoff initial ranking. So that's going to be another big one, but not as big as this week's because of Missouri being number 12-1, and number two, they have the best chance out of any of the other SEC teams as of now to make it to the SEC championship. So, but they took their business against Florida. Florida just not even close. This robbery hasn't been close. Great job by Georgia. Thirty, they were up thirty-six to seven at one point. This game was over with by halftime, in my opinion.
1: When I started watching this game, Florida got the ball first and. I knew I noticed that Graham Mertz, you know, he was able to do whatever he wanted. I mean, he, they, that up tempo offense in Florida jumped up with a seven nothing lead. Georgia matched the score, and Florida could have just went toe to toe with Georgia. But Georgia, you know, Florida had a bonehead mistake going for it on fourth down. You know, they got a blocked punt. I mean, some miscues, and Georgia, Florida just could not crawl out of that hole. And Georgia is showing that they are still a good team, even without Brock Bowers. They have a lot of talent, and Oscar Delp had just an amazing one-handed catch. That's something that Brock Bowers would have done. But I think that Georgia, they do have a tough game next week against Missouri. I actually think that Ole Miss game in two weeks is going to be tough. And remember, Ole Miss, still not out of the SEC West race. I mean, what if Alabama loses to LSU and loses to Auburn? If Ole Miss wins out, they are going to be SEC West Championship uh, because they have the tiebreaker with LSU.
0: Yeah, and that's what they would need. If it becomes a three-way tie, I think LSU would be the higher ranked team. I don't know how the tiebreakers work, but it would be tough for Ole Miss to be able to make it. But um, Speaking of which, LSU taking on Alabama. Both of them had a bye. This is in Tuscaloosa, number 14 LSU, number 8 Alabama. Alabama's got off some slow starts these past few weeks. I saw against Tennessee, against AM, and they end up winning both of those games. But you get off slow to LSU, who is averaging 47 points a game. They in their losses, they put up 24 and 49. Jaden Daniels has 25 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's done it with his legs as well. He's he's my Heisman front runner, especially if they beat Alabama. Um, so if they get off to a slow start against them, even though hey, LSU's defense has been susceptible to the pass, is not known for being a great passer. So we'll see. I think this is going to come down to who can get a stop when needed. And if Alabama's defense can create some turnovers, negate Jaden Daniels' legs, I think they'll win this game 31-24. It's going to be close. Um, but I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. It's the night game on CBS. There's a triple header. You got um, Rutgers and Ohio State, I think. And then you got Missouri, uh, Georgia at 3.30. Ohio State, Rutgers at 12. And then at 7.45, 8 o'clock, Alabama and LSU. This game's always up for who's going to win SC West. Obviously, this is SC West Championship. If Alabama does win this, they pretty much clinch it and it's over with. So, we got SC West, and we got SEC East Championship up for grabs tonight, just like last year. Instead of being a Tennessee and Georgia, it's Georgia, Missouri, Alabama, and LSU.
1: Thrift, I can't wait. I mean, we're going to have some amazing college football games. And, you know, if you want to throw in Washington and USC, that's going to be another big top 25 matchup. And we just had
0: the –
1: well, we, we just did have Tennessee. the – yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. Before you go into Pac-12, if LSU does beat Alabama, the tide is starting to turn, and no pun intended with that (laughs) when it comes to the SEC West, because that's back-to-back years, and Brian Kelly doesn't even have a full recruiting class in. That means four years of one recruiting class. He's only been there now two. Uh, That's worrisome. You already got what you're dealing with at Georgia. A&M's eventually going to have talent. They're going to win. Auburn's getting better. Alabama better wake up, and this is a year they think they can – everything's in front of them because they play a lot of their tough games at home just like uh, against Tennessee and now against LSU. So, But you're right, there's those other great games around USC and Washington. You saw the college football playoff. I'm not even going to be the type that's going to discuss it because who cares what the rankings are five weeks before the season ends. Um, I don't care if they put Ohio State one, not Georgia. Um, So none of the rankings bother me at all. But a couple good games this week. But obviously, I think the best two are between um, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia, Missouri, both in the SEC.
1: Yeah, nothing really matters when it comes to the college football rankings. You just gave Georgia bulletin board material by putting Ohio State number one. I mean, they're they're just – I don't know what – they're thinking when they're doing that. I mean, maybe strength of schedule because they did play Notre Dame and they they won a close game, but they really don't mean anything, especially this early in the season. Uh, but a very interesting ranked opponent, they, they might be playing for the last time for a long time, is Bedlam. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, with Oklahoma going to the SEC in 2024, it may be years before they play Oklahoma State again. And this is going to be a big game because if Oklahoma State wins, you know, they could be in the driver's seat for the Big 12 championship.
0: And I, I, that's a game that's underrated, by the way. I mean, Oklahoma State started 2-0. and Then they got smacked at home by South Alabama 33-7 to in Week 3. Then they lost at Iowa State. And everybody's like, all right, Oklahoma State's done. They got no chance. Well, since then, they brought off wins against Kansas State. Kansas, who just beat Oklahoma, by the way. Kansas State, Kansas, um, West Virginia, at West Virginia, and then this week Cincinnati. They play at home. They beat Oklahoma. They would then make that Big 12 championship, not Oklahoma, to play Texas. And who would have thought that was the case three weeks ago when Oklahoma upset Texas and the Red River Robberies. So that's a great point. Then, as you said, this may be the last time these two teams face you gotta throw that one in there too. Obviously, Oklahoma State's only ranked 22nd. Oklahoma ranked number 10. Um, but throw rankings out when these two teams face, and that's three good ones. You mentioned USC, watching. And it's gonna be a good week of college football. Can't wait to see how all these games play out, and uh, especially the ones they're gonna be in the SEC. So oh can't yeah, wait for those for Missouri, Georgia quickly. Missouri wants this to be a high-scoring game. Defensively, they've gave up a lot of points. They gave up 49 to LSU. I think they're going to give up a lot to Georgia. The only way they upset them, if they make this a high-scoring game and Georgia turns the ball over a place, unlike Georgia football, I don't see that. I think Georgia wins by two to three touchdowns. They're just that much more talented than everyone else, including Tennessee and the SEC East. Any other thoughts, um, Richard? Oklahoma, oh, USC, obviously. Um lost last week against Cal. Yeah, that would have been three straight losses. They, they're... USC, until Lincoln Riley decides to change things culturally with this program, are going to struggle because of their defense. And that is – I don't know what he's going to do. He's not going to do anything right now. But moving forward, you wasted two years of Caleb Williams because your defense sucks. Clemson, Davo Sweeney, just shut up. Just stop talking because, obviously, every time you, you run your mouth, you, you put your foot in it every single time. And now, why are you even defending yourself with critics? Why is it firing you up? These are Clemson fans that are spoiled, entitled. You gave them seven straight years of playoffs, two championships, four national championship games, so that they think they're entitled to win it all every year. They forgot before you got there. This was a mediocre team that 8-9 wins was a great season. Now they're expecting to win a national championship every year because of what you set the standard as, and they're questioning you. I wouldn't even deal with that if I was him. I understand why he's mad, but trying trying to debate and defend yourself with fans is never a good idea. And obviously, if you want to turn this around, you better buy into the NIL because otherwise Florida State's about to lap you on what they're doing in the transfer portal.
1: And if you remember, Florida State is ranked fourth in the college football rankings, and they have a pretty easy schedule in the ACC. Right now, remember, they did away with the Coastal and the Atlantic Division. They would play Louisville in the first round. And how about Georgia Tech? I mean, I know they had two bad losses, one to Boston College and one to Bowling Green. But Georgia Tech, with two more wins, they would be bowl eligible in Brent Key's first year as full-time head coach. I think that Haynes Keene is actually a decent enough quarterback. I mean, I never would have guessed that Georgia Tech would get to go to a bowl game. And if they beat Virginia, they're one more win away. I think they'll get that win against Virginia. And then they host Syracuse at Bobby Dodd Stadium in a couple of weeks. And, you know, who knows? They might even beat Clemson because both teams are 4-4. Four and four. It seems like Clemson's going in the wrong direction and Georgia Tech is in the up-and-coming.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I'm glad you brought them up. Big win against Oklahoma this past weekend. Michigan, you know, everything – I don't care about the cheating scandal. Until we get more information, I don't really give it hot takes. But I will say this for a hot take. It's hard for me to say Michigan's one of the best teams. And I know we think about what they've done the previous two regular seasons, and they dominated, and they made it to the playoff, and they beat Ohio State. And honestly, last year they should have beat TCU and played the national championship. But with that said, Richard, they have played two teams with winning records, Minnesota at 5-3 and three, and Rutgers at 6-2. and two. Now, they've won every game by 20 points or more, even some 30 points. But I know quite a few teams that be undefeated and be dominating with that schedule. So I don't know what to believe with Michigan. They do play at Penn State next week, and then, of course, you got the game against Ohio State the last week of the season, Um, but they should be ashamed for this schedule that they had to play, and it's atrocious, it's bad, but they're not getting penalized for it, so if you're Jim Harbaugh, why not keep playing East Carolina, UNLV, and Boise, Bowling Green State University? You don't get penalized, you blow them out, and you're undefeated, so... That's my two cents on that, and the Big Ten is down compared to years past. Pac-12 is better than them. you got Penn State, who can't beat Michigan and Ohio State, so they're basically a top-20 team. And you got two teams in the top ten. Everybody else is mediocre or decent um, compared to the Pac-12. This got seems like ten teams that are ranked in the top 20. All right, from college football, let's touch on the Falcons. Thank God they decided to take out Desmond Ritter because when they put in Taylor Heineke, they almost had a chance to win. The fact that they lost to Tennessee 28-23 with first-year starter rookie quarterback Will Levis, who had a great game, but DeAndre Newt-Hopkins, Richard, has been a non-factor this whole season and has three touchdowns for 140 yards. How does that happen against a Falcons secretary that's one of the best – in the game so I, I they are the epitome of a 500 team and i can't keep blaming ritter if he goes on arthur lynch who knows what if van jefferson catches that? that is falcons going to score a touchdown i don't know but i do know that anybody's better than what ritter's been he has been terrible and if he is not the starting quarterback and heineke is heck the falcons may be six and two right now instead of four and four they got to move him on. They do play Minnesota who lost Kirk Cousins, but they traded for Josh Dobbs, so they still think they can make the playoffs. That's how bad. Right now, even if the Falcons didn't win the division, they'd still be a 17. That's how bad the NFC right. is. But the Falcons' schedule says they should win 13 games. That's before the season started. Now they're 4-4. Four and 12-5, four. 11-6. That's the worst they should go and they should be division champs. They're better than every team in this division. The Bucs suck. The Saints, are you kidding me? <laughs> and the Panthers have punted on the season. They don't win this division. They should fire Arthur Smith. With this schedule and this bad of division, if they don't win it or win 11 games, it's Arthur Smith who's the one to burn. Fire him. Get someone in here with this talent, a quarterback, you could be combined or maybe an NFC championship. Until then, you're going to be going win one, lose one every week and finish the
1: I agree, Thrift. Taylor Heineke has been named the starting quarterback for the Minnesota game this Sunday, which, by the way, both teams are 4-4. Four and four. I just don't see a situation where they go back to Desmond Ritter if Taylor Heineke's winning games. I mean, you play yeah. the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win the game. I know that Arthur Smith uh, believes in his guy. I mean, this is the guy that the Falcons drafted, and they want to say that we did not whiff on this quarterback. Even though there are some things that Desmond Ritter does that's okay, he turns the ball over too much. He had three fumbles in the last game that he started and finished, and then he had three interceptions the the week before. The Falcons have too much talent to – to not win, to win games. I mean, they need to be winning more games, especially in in an easy division like this. And, you know, I was looking at the schedule, and, you know, they take on Arizona. I mean, you know, they have some winnable games. And I think that Taylor Heineke is going to be the starter, and you know, until otherwise. I mean, this is the right decision.
0: I think so, too. And if you're Desmond Ritter, you can't blame no one but yourself because everyone's giving you opportunities. You just – Grab the bed. And no matter how much film you watch, obviously watching hours and hours of film and being prepared and being the first one in, last one out, is not helping you make good decisions and holding on to the football during games. All right, let's talk NBA now. And this will be the last thing before we put up our ratings poll. James Harden gets traded. And I heard Bill Simmons say this, Richard. We called him the dumb Clippers. Which, in essence, they did give up. All the draft picks until 2030. But, you know, and see Ballmer. Why not bring him in? Why not try something? Obviously, you put all your eggs in a basket with Kawhi and Paul. You probably shouldn't have done that a while back. But at this point, trading for James Harden, what is that going to change? You got Westbrook, you got Harden, you got Kawhi and uh, Paul George. Five years ago, this is the all-star starting lineup. But now we got guys that are past their age, overcoming a lot of injuries. I just can't stand the way James Harden goes about handling his business and how he wants to get out of teams and trade it for trade. Obviously, one of the more talented scorers we the league has ever seen. And that being said, when you got the Warriors, you got the Suns, you got the Nuggets, you got the Lakers. The West is loaded, man. Timberwolves are going to be decent. The Pelicans have started off uh, pretty good this year. Heck, even Victor Wimbiyama and the Spurs are managing the win gains. By the way, Lakers and Clippers, um, being the rivals that they are, the Kings, your Kings, the Thunder, I mean, it's a loaded West. Didn't even mention Dallas, who hasn't even lost a game this season. I don't know if I want to say the Clippers are going to win at all. They still got a good nine deep, but until they got someone to guard, Jamal Murray, which I don't think they do, Westbrook's old, Harden doesn't play defense, Paul George's not the same defender, and Kawhi's a shell of himself. Who are they going to guard? Nikolo Jokic. I didn't think they won a championship with this. But I also don't blame Steve Ballmer to try anything. He's grasping at, shawl, at straws. On the flip side for the Philadelphia, I see them being a huge buyer here in the next few weeks. They know that it's about to be time where Joel Embiid's 30 years old. He knows he's only probably got three or four years of prime left, because he's big and puts up the injuries he had in endure early in his career.
1: So he doesn't want to waste
0: them on teams rebuilding or not having the chance to win a title. So they're going to trade to try to get another superstar in there with the draft capital. They got a bunch of uh, contracts that will expire at the end of this year. I think it's a good trade for Philly. I understand the trade for Clippers. Still not ready to put them in championship caliber. What about you, Richard?
1: I'm looking at the whole landscape of the NBA. I know it's early. Right now, the Boston Celtics have a 4 0 record. How about the Atlanta Hawks? Three straight wins. They got the win yep. over Washington, a team they're supposed to beat. Uh, Philadelphia is two and one, and that
0: was a big win. Big
1: win, and you look at you know th- the Bucks are two and two. I mean that's a surprise. I thought the Bucks would be three, of four and zero oh, right there with the Boston Celtics. I mean you have
0: yep.
1: teams on the up and coming like Detroit, like Brooklyn. By the way, Cam Thomas. Remember that name because he's going to win Most Improved Player of the Year. He's having a f- I, phenomenal season for Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, and it's early in the season. It is. Thomas from LSU. He's a bucket getter. He can fill it up quick. The guy can score flat out the basketball whenever he wants. Ben Simmons. I mean, Brooklyn's going to be one of those uh, competitive, feisty, pesty teams. Um I think the best team in basketball is not the Nuggets, it's the Boston Celtics. The way they're playing, 155 points on a Pacers team that I had going to the playoffs. Absolutely. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis is playing his best basketball of his career. Drew Holiday, you added a more efficient, better leader. Maybe not as good a defender. Maybe he is. Maybe about the same. But a better scorer. Drew Holiday over Marcus Smart. Derek White has been—he's averaging 15 a game, and then your bench, like Sam Hauser, uh, like uh, Peyton Pritchard, who you didn't have to trade out. Horford—you got coming off the bench that can score points. I love what I see with Boston; they're the best team in the East. And then it's Milwaukee, Um, but it's early in the season, Richard. We we know this, and you're not going to find an MVP champion right now. Um, But I think it's good that Philadelphia moved on from James. Now, when it gets to December, they'll have a, a team that is starting to find its groove. They could hopefully find a superstar to implement and put in place. But the Hawks winning three straight after starting 0 and 2, losing to the Knicks at home, I was like, not the start you wanted. Um, since then, they've won three straight, one at Milwaukee by 17. Uh, by the yeah. way, I I, th- I think these this next month the, the Hawks will start. Extending their lead, hopefully in the in the Eastern Conference, um, in their division with Miami, Orlando, uh, Charlotte. That's it, all Vine in Washington, Vine as the division winner this year. So, Hawks win three straight, big wins for them. But the NBA, is, it's my favorite time of year. You've Got NBA, you got the World Series, you got so much going on right now. Um, but the James Harden trade, I think it was more of a win for Philadelphia if you were to ask me, but Wimbenyama, even though it's early, you don't think there's promise with him. You don't think he's a superstar in the making. I don't think you really know basketball. Obviously, he's got to put weight on him. He's going to get bullied by grown men that are older than him, that have been in the league longer, they've worked out, they have different training regiments than Wimbenyama did. He is only 18 years old. Give him six years, the guy's going to be dominating this league. And if you don't think that, it's hard for me to trust your basketball knowledge in IQ.
1: and IQ. You also have to trust the process with Wimby. Under Popovich's system, you know he's going to be set up for success. I mean, did you see that game where the Spurs beat the Suns so
0: saying,
1: on the road?
0: You know you got to pay Sam Hinckley for saying, uh, trust the process. Right? Oh, yeah. Going to gonna have to own that one. They kept saying, trust the process as they kept tanking for four straight years. Um, but, yeah, you're right. They came back, to, and the Suns didn't have Bradley Beal or Devin That's Bradley. true, but it's still a good it win. It is a good win, and great job by Victor Wimbenyama, who has a lot of promise in this league. I like what I've seen from, from Damon Walkie. But, again, it's only been four or five games in the season. So right. I didn't find out anything. Um, but uh, the main point we were trying to talk about was the James Harden trade, which I think filled up, yeah definitely won that one all right let's put up our ratings poll Rick right quick richard and here is our ratings number one central number two they didn't change they are eight nine and zero on the season harris county eight and one number two glenwood number three as they lost to chambers we brought them down put harris county up because harris county only lost to troop county i think that's a that's a better loss if, they, if I can use that word, that Glenwood is against Chambers. Absolutely. Um, I think Harris County has been the, the one of the best teams aside from Central in this area. Plus, you know the, they are the bigger school, but we're not doing head-to-head. But right now, Harris County, number two, number three, Glenwood. Tab with Pacelli. Obviously, they beat Pacelli, so they're going to be ahead of them. Car, uh, Carver's number five, seven and three. Didn't move anywhere. Spencer, one, seven and two. Lee Scott, nine and one. And then number seven, number eight, is Auburn. They're going to finish eight and two. Number nine, Northside, big win over McIntosh. And then Flint River and Chambers. I'd probably put Chambers ahead of Flint River. I don't know. Flint River's been killing everything. They have. They just went to Florida, an undefeated private school down there. Shout out to Joe Howard and the Flint River Wildcats. Um, but there's our top ten. You can either love it, you can hate it. Uh, but you got to respect You debate them. us. And this is our <laughs> poll. Um, So, any thoughts
1: on this, Oh, once again, I mean, it's a good list. I mean, I agree. Uh, The Chambers Academy, after beating Glenwood, which that was a huge upset that we could put them up on there. But, I mean, you got Auburn, Northside, I mean, just great teams. Even though Northside was playing without Caden Clay, still getting the win over McIntosh. I felt like we had to reward Northside. I didn't want to drop Northside. Because uh, six and four, but they, you know, look at the the four teams. They lost to Lagrange, they lost to Harris County, they lost to Northgate. I mean, those are all great teams, and they did lose to Sumter County. But you know, Northside is starting to fire on all cylinders, and I think I think they get a win in the playoffs as a number three seed because they go on the road against Jones County. But North, I don't, I didn't want to drop Northside. Lee Scott just continues rolling. Their only loss was to Glenwood. I mean, it is very tough to move teams after one week, especially if they just keep winning.
0: I'm with you. Um, and we'll have another ratings when we're coming out next week. But uh, these are these are ours. And um, looking at this list, Harris County, Central, Glenwood, Pacelli, Carver, Spencer, six teams already region champs. And then Chambers is also region champs. You want to add them in there. That's yep. seven. Flint River eight and if Calvary can beat Skipstone on Friday, they will make nine teams in our coverage area. Incredible. Are incredible football that is being played absolutely. Absolutely incredible. By the way, college basketball starts on Monday. We won't do our preview yet. Actually, you know what? We'll probably do our high school basketball preview show on Tuesday. Um, I know games start on Monday, but I mean, come on, it's super early. Heck, the they, good tournaments, they don't even start till next week. Um, right. Richard. Auburn does play Baylor on Tuesday night. I can't wait for that one. 9 o'clock on ESPN. But the Champions Classic, you know, that's got Duke, Michigan, State, Kentucky, and Kansas in it, that's not till next Tuesday. That's when I feel like. College basketball really starts. Right. Duke plays Michigan State two versus four. And then number one Kansas plays number sixteen Kentucky. So that's what I think. And then you of course got the Maui and everything else that happens, you know, during Thanksgiving week. So Tuesday, our high school basketball preview show we're gonna be doing. We'd already did NBA, so can't wait to do high school basketball. I may even contact my guy, Buckets, talk some college basketball with us. Um, I think he'd be perfect at doing it. Jonathan Shusky, who's also the um, on the broadcast team for the Stephen C- F. C- F- Alston team. So I'll uh, keep that as a tease. There you time. go. All right. So tomorrow night, 5.30, Richard, Albany Tech versus CBCC. Then um, later on, you have at 7.30 you or 6 o'clock, if you will, on George alabama Sports Live page. High school game day, seven of thirty, right after CVCC. You've got uh, Harris County versus McIntosh. Sunday, high school basketball media day put on by the Courier, Echo Latino. Um, Wayne Gales, thank you so much. Um, we'll be doing that live from Chelly 16 High School. It's girls and boys programs that are gonna be there. To coach two players, can't wait for that. Then, next week, we got playoffs starting at football. we still got basketball games galore. CVCC, high school basketball also starts next week. We really won't start our high school basketball coverage until after Thanksgiving. But we're, we're excited about everything that's happening here in the Tri-City area. We can't wait to be a part of it. But this weekend, Friday, Albany Tech, men's, women's for CVCC home opener. 6 o'clock, high school game day live from Harris County McIntosh. And then the kickoff, is at 7.30. And then at 2 p.m., high school basketball media day. Richard, any more final thoughts before we get I can't of?
1: wait. It's just a lot of great matchups. Uh, I'm excited that basketball is finally here as we wrap up the high school football season. And uh, we are just getting started here at George alabama Sports Live.
0: Just getting started, and... CBCC, man, Joe Richardson, the new coach for the girls team, getting his first uh, game under his belt for a girls program that has won six, I think, or seven straight ACCC championships. Incredible. So that's how good that team is when Rod Roberts was the coach. Then of course, we know the the, the, the winning ways of CBCC boys with Doug T, which the gymnasium's named after. Then – Richard Mahone, Coach Mahone, and then now Ben Hicks, and, of course, Douglas Bird, who's now the head coach. So great win tonight. I mean, excuse me, Wednesday night against Reinhardt. They won by 50. They were just a better program that night. They go on the road to Mississippi, and then we're doing Albany Tech and CBCC girls on Friday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Share, like, subscribe, and be a part of the Georgia-Alabama Sports Live family. We're about to be hitting gun-ho during basketball season. This is where me and uh, Richard cut our our butter last year. This is where we did a lot of our work. We started live streaming was during the basketball season. So we had fun during football, but it's almost basketball time, my favorite time of the year. And then we got baseball, softball, soccer next. It's a lot. The Lions coming up. River Dragons are playing. And uh, next Tuesday as well. I guess we won't have our high school basketball preview show on Tuesday. We may have to do it the next week because next Tuesday we'll be live from Happy Hour Bar and Grill. Uh, I completely forgot about that. And I plan on having Tom Callahan on. I plan on having either WRBL, WTBM on, Steve Smith, Coach Fannin, high school football, River Dragons, basketball. I mean, Ben Hicks is going to join from CBCC. It is going to be an incredible lineup. Cannot wait. Can't wait. Richard Aldridge, who had a lot of fun in Disney World, recuperated and had fun with his girls. He'll be back with us tomorrow. I'm Thurp Bear Just saying, thank you so much, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Albany Tech, C B C C girls, 5:30, six o'clock high school game day at 7:30 is Harris County Macintosh call. Good night, everyone.